I'll begin by reading two verses in the 123rd Psalm. Take a thought from that Psalm to consider this evening before we pray together. Psalm 123, the first two verses in the Psalm say this. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Now let's bow our heads together and ask the Lord to bless these thoughts tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word that you give to us, Father. I thank you, Lord, that while we're receiving the bread of life that you have provided for us, Lord, we can please you in these times. Father, while we're being blessed, Lord, we can bless you and honor you. And I pray that you would help us to recognize the privilege that we have and the joy that we can have in this time of fellowship. Open up this word to us tonight, Father, and be honored and glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, as I was thinking about this lesson and chewing on the thought that the Lord gave me to bring out this evening, I thought about bosses and supervisors and people who are in charge and in authority over us in our respective lives, our respective positions, whether it's your parents or or your spouse, I guess, might have some measure of authority over you in a number of different scenarios, or your legit work boss or the bosses you've had, you retired folks, uh, in times past. I thought about bosses as I looked here about, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but here considering about the hand of the masters, their masters, these ones as servants look at their masters. And I thought about the differences and flavors and varieties that you might have experience in in your own respective lives, your bosses that you have presently or have had in the past. Uh, and I was considering these bosses and the different ones that I've had over the years, and I've had a number of them, and I've had them of all different flavors, all different types, all different specific characters that, well, characteristics and traits that they had for themselves. And so I've, I've worked for tyrants, I've worked for lazy people, I've worked for good bosses on a number of different levels, uh, I've worked for progressive thinking ones, um, proactive bosses, and I've, I've worked for ones that sat back and didn't do a whole lot and had to, well, had to be told uh, oftentimes by their own higher-ups what to do. I've had all kinds. But what I did find out back in the days when I had a boss that was a person that I would see daily or somewhere along those lines regularly, I realized that they had a lot of impact on my life, a lot of impact on my day, on my work day anyway, and sometimes that work day I would take home with me. Uh, that being said, uh, I think about that when I think about these ones who look to the hand of their masters. You know, I don't want to get into touchy things or sensitive things, but slavery was a real thing in this country. Slavery is still a real thing in other places. Uh, those people, when you have a bond master, a real slave driver, they were cognizant of what their master's hands were doing, quite literally, looking to see what they would have done when they were in their presence, those ones who were given authority. We don't have that worry, certainly, these days, and you don't have to worry about your boss doing the things to you that have happened in the past, but there is a certain measure of impact that your supervisor, your manager, your bosses, and you ones who are supervisors yourself that you have. There might be people who, so to speak, are looking at your hand 
you managers and supervisors, you, you ones that are overseers, they're watching your hand to see how your hand is going to deal with them today. I think about Dan oftentimes and the people that he prays for and, and, and prays for wisdom as he's guiding these different ones and, and has a measure of authority over these ones. And I th- think oftentimes, not to throw bouquets at my brother, but I think oftentimes, man, how blessed are they that they have this God-fearing man who's praying on their behalf. Uh, likewise, these other ones that pray for their kids and their students and different co-workers and the like. People are blessed to be prayed for, and they don't really even understand that. But these ones, looking at the hand of the master to see, what's he going to do to me today? What is she going to imp- how is she going to impact me today? Uh, we ourselves are looking to the hand of our own master, certainly. And that master being the Lord, of course. Uh, we look to see how he's going to deal with us in the day, or we can look, and we're encouraged to look, see what his hand is going to be. Um, I thought about uh, one specific guy that, I, that, well, he was what they call an acting captain when my captain was gone. A guy would come in, oftentimes he'd get cycled in, he'd come in and he'd be the pretend captain for the day. And this guy would always tend to come in, and it was just me. It was when I was working on a ladder truck, just me and another guy who was driving the ladder truck. And the captain, acting captain would come in. He's like, what, do you, what pump pressure do you have when, if you're running two, two and a half lines off? And you know, how, how fast do you set up? What's the tip of the ladder? The nozzle pressure is supposed to be at the tip of the ladder, and blah, blah, blah. He'd drill you and, and come in and just start just chattering on just to... Uh, just to make our lives miserable in those, in those days. At nighttime, when we're getting ready for bed, he would call us up and say, ladder drills right now, and we'd take the fire truck out. 10.30 at night when we're you know, getting ready to bed down, and he'd want to go out and put the ladder up. And he could impact our day and just put us on edge, and it, it kind, of, well, kind of wrecked the shift when that guy would come out. Um, we were looking to the hand of that master, even though he was kind of an actor at the time. As the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, as she served that mistress, you know, there's an expectation, a looking to see what is the master going to do to us today. What can we expect from the hand of our master? All of our master being, of course, the Lord. The master over all things, you could say. Well, if he's your boss, and he is, he's not just mine, but he's everyone's boss. He's everyone's master. You can expect work, can't you? Ephesians 2.10 says uh, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for our own good works. Created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. God has prepared works for each one of us. We understand this. But he points to those works. He's prepared them beforehand, but he points them out to us in real time. When we're seeking him, we can expect that in a day, small, large, whatever the case may be, any place in between, we can expect that the Lord's going to, our master, we can look at his hand and expect he's going to point us in a specific direction. Even again, if it's very, very small, the hand of our master, we can expect to point us to some work and to lead us in that work, direct us in that work. Again, no matter what the size might be. And I'm okay with this. Uh, We should be. We should be okay because once by our works that we can demonstrate our faith. Faith without works is dead. So bring those works as the Lord desires. Let him bring those into your lives. Uh, we can look at the hand of the master expecting every single day that there's a work that he's going to want from us. Uh, when these works are provided, when these works are prepared and directed, told to us, sometimes those works can appear overwhelming. Sometimes they can feel like, 
They're more than we might be able to see through on our own. And you know what? They might actually be absolutely more than we can see through uh, on our own. So what should we do? We look to the master's hand. And Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 9. This is him speaking to Israel, but it applies to us and applies to all of his servants. Look at the master's hand for what? It says here in Isaiah 41, verse 9, You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, You are my servant. That's me, not just those Israelites. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We say oftentimes the will of God will never leave you where the grace of God, the strength of God, the power of God, the love of God cannot keep you. He doesn't lead you into catastrophe spiritually. He doesn't. He doesn't lead you into failure spiritually. Uh, You might feel some catastrophic things take place naturally speaking, but God does not lead you into spiritual catastrophe. He wants good for you, always wants good for you, not destruction. And so when the Lord gives us shows his hand, we look to his hand, and he's pointing to works. We can then look to the master's hand. We can expect strength for those works, enabling for those works, empowering for those works. Now, if we find ourselves refusing those works, refusing, not taking the strength that he has for us to complete those works, what can we expect then? Not just someone who's, well, God's not just looking to just drill us or or pad his resume like, the guy that I mentioned a moment ago. He's not trying to just lord over us in a position where otherwise we would just be equal, but because today he's designated as our supervisor and superior, he's just going to flex a little bit. God's not looking to do that. God's looking to do good for us. What can we expect when we don't allow him to do that? Proverbs 22, verse 15, it says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Certainly in the ones that are this tall. But sometimes, well, a lot of God's children are about my height. I am. And foolishness is bound up in the heart of this child of God, certainly. So what happens? The rod of correction will drive it far from him. I'm going to leave the concept of corporal punishment for you parents to determine what you need to do. But God isn't afraid of corporal punishment. He has swatted me a number of times. He's swatted you a number of times, I'm confident. And he does not... He doesn't withhold the rod of correction. Uh, from the one who was foolish, because he doesn't want foolishness to be what characterizes his children. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 25, how's that, how's that correction administered? Therefore the anger of the Lord is aroused against his people. Sometimes that's so. It has been for Israel, it will be again for Israel. It has been for the Gentiles, it will be again and is daily for, for those ones even that love him. The anger of the Lord can take place. It's aroused against his people. And what does he do? He has stretched out his hand against them, stricken them. The hills trembled. Their carcasses were his refuse in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. The rod of correction comes from the hand of God, the same one that points out his works for you, the same one that strengthens and upholds you for those works. That same hand, it's extended. We can look to the master's hand and expect correction. Expect direction, too, uh, in, in those things. But certainly, certainly the rod of correction as is needed. And saints, may we be grateful for it when we see it. Look to his hand. We find ourselves awry, uh, off course, outside of the path. 
Man, there's nothing better than to look for his hand and ask for it to be corrective. Saints, our, our master is not a slave driver. Our, our master isn't just someone who just stands above us and lets us just deign to, you know, be in his presence. That's not how it is. He tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. He doesn't just serve his own needs and his own desires. That's not what he's interested in. Again, he's not looking to flex or anything of those, uh, anything along that line. He offers us work. We can look to his hand expecting him to show us work. We can look to his hand expecting him to give us strength and to strengthen and hold us up. We can look to the master's hand expecting correction when correction is needed. We can expect from his hand healing. We can expect from his hand protection. We can expect from his hand a whole myriad of things from the hand of the master. Day by day, we can look to that hand expecting these things. And whether they feel good to us or they're... A little painful at times, it doesn't matter. Each one of those things comes because mercy comes from his hand. That's how it's finished there. Our eyes look to the Lord our God as the servant looks to the master, as the maid looks to the hand of the mistress. Our eyes look to the Lord our God and look for his hand until he has mercy on us. And every time, every single time that the Lord moves upon us in direction, in handing us works, in strengthening us for those works, in correcting us with the rod of correction, in healing, in whatever it might be. When the hand of our Master is upon us and working on our behalf, He's demonstrating mercy to someone who never deserved mercy. He's demonstrating grace to someone who didn't deserve grace. It's the definition of grace. He's showing His kindness and love for someone who absolutely did not deserve it. And saints, that is mercy. And that's what I look for daily from the hand of my God in whatever form he wants to present it to us. That's what we should do daily. Look to the hand of our master expecting mercy and you will see it guaranteed as he deals in your life. That's the thought that I have for you this evening. So I will leave it at that.